It's that time of year again. The Northwestern Baseball Podcast is back. We have titled our podcast this year, Rounding the Bases. I'm Ute Malik, back again for more. Joined this week for the very first episode of 2018 by Henry DeMoor in the North Center on campus and by a graduate student friend this year, Darren Zaslow in downtown Chicago. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing great, Amit. Yeah, thank you for asking. Happy to be talking baseball on a, on a brisk Wednesday night here in, uh, here in Evanston. Yeah, I echo that, Henry. I'm excited. this spring yet? <laughs> excited for some Northwestern baseball and uh, getting ready to see these guys get out on the diamond. I'm, uh, I'm excited for a new season. Yeah, it's crazy that we're already back. It's February or January 24th. The team doesn't start until February 16th, but we've decided to roll out a series of preview podcasts, four preview podcasts, one for kind of each of the large position groups, outfielders, infielders, starting pitchers, and relievers. Uh, today, in the very first one, we're going to start with the outfield. Um, just thought that would be a good place to start, so we're really excited to kind of get into that. We figured maybe 15 or 20 minutes for each of these, so that's the goal for these podcasts. I'm not trying to give you too much uh, hard homework here in the off season. Uh, what do you say we, we get to it, guys? Let's do it. Absolutely. So let's jump into it. Northwestern last year, you know, big picture, made it to the Big Ten tournament for the first time in a while. They had that run all the way to the final. Uh, they did finish below 500. I think the goal this year will be to improve on that. Uh, and they had a pretty good hitting year, as, as all things uh, go. But they lost some of their talent. Why don't we look back to last year, kind of just big picture, how would you grade the outfield and what they were doing last year? Obviously, uh, they lost two of their best players out there. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a little tough because, like you said, the offensive firepower has definitely declined some. But I think even if, if when you look at, uh, I mean, I guess traditionally maybe there's two things you want in, in outfielders, maybe a little pop in the bat in the corner outfield spots, and those guys traditionally, whether it's designators or corner outfielders, um, those are the guys you stick in three, four, five in the heart of your lineup to give pop, and that was Joe Oshai primarily last year, back-to-back Big Ten Player of the Week at one point, put up some, I mean, truly unbelievable numbers and slash lines uh, through the middle of Big Ten play that really started, I think, the uh, the rise of, uh, you know, people seeing Northwestern, not only in the Northwestern community, but outside um, outside Evanston in the Big Ten as, oh, wait, these guys are contenders here, uh, you know. And so I, I think the offensive, that's going to be a little tough, but Northwestern had a lot of success as a relatively poor hitting team in the Big Ten. It finished second to last out of 13 teams in the Big Ten as far as just batting average. They hit 255 as a team. Um, but I think where they really stood out, where I think um, they might even miss uh, someone like Tad Skelly, who's going to be joining the Toronto Blue Jays as a, at least helping in their scouting department some, uh, somehow, is they've been an excellent fielding team. And I think with the speed of guys like Ben Dickey, I think he's a guy for me that really excites me, his speed in the outfield. He's improved markedly his fielding percentage and the team as a whole. Um, if nothing else, we'd be able to shore that up through defense and not letting up kind of the um, the – the little leaginess that sometimes Big Ten baseball can turn into. Yeah, Henry, I, you go back to last season and two guys we haven't brought up yet. I look at a guy like Grant Piker, really talented, really speedy center fielder. I know he missed 35 games last year due to injury. And that's certainly a talented player and a presence that I think this team uh, really is going to miss. 
And then how about a guy like Jake Schieber, also um, Northwestern loses him uh, due to graduation, uh, earned a lifetime, the life teammate award last year. A great, uh, you know, like we mentioned, teammate and hit 242, had 23 hits. You're losing two pretty key members of this outfield, and what does is it leaves some question marks in some big places. You talked about Joe Hoshite, and that's not a guy that you can replace with just no. one player or two players. That type of production is very, very rare in all of collegiate baseball. So I think head coach Spencer Allen definitely has some questions to answer, especially in this non-conference schedule. A lot of opportunity, I think, for Northwestern to address those questions in the outfield. A lot of talent returning and coming in. I'm excited to see who's going to fill those roles. Yeah, guys, you talk about last year, kind of the way Northwestern ended the season. Uh, Matt Hoffner, who I think is better suited for the infielders podcast, did start out playing, I think, a lot of right field. But playing with the way they ended, uh, it was definitely Joe Hoshite holding down left field, kind of Sheever and Piker maybe rotating in center. And then right fielder was Ben Dickey, who uh, is definitely a speedy player. I think we'll talk about him in a bit. Is probably a lock to hold down center field this year as the only really returning member from that from that outfield because of the way it was constructed. And the big question is, you know, those two corner outfield spots this season, I really think are up for grabs. There's a lot of names that can kind of take it. You know, you know, what's your early read on, you know, what this situation is going to look like, you know, in less than a month? Yeah, man, I, for me, when you look at who's going to fill those roles, I think if there's one player that deserves an extremely, extremely fair chance of becoming a starter, for me it's Leo Kaplan, uh, the sophomore without a doubt. How could you not give him a chance this year with what he did last year? Made 22 starts, so had pretty significant playing time. He appeared in 37 games, hit 287. But how about the power? Uh, from Leo Kaplan last year. 13 of his 31 hits are for extra bases. And that's an area that Northwestern is going to have to find a way to answer with this year, losing Hoshite and Hoffner. Leo Kaplan could be that guy for you. Also, a spark plug on the bases, both three bases uh, in the semifinal against Maryland in the Big Ten tournament. That's a guy I think you absolutely have to give a chance to. And then the way that David Dunn played this fall, I mean, my goodness, what a talented player Northwestern has um, in the outfield with David Dunn. Featured a lot in that leadoff spot, played a lot of center field in the fall. In the final game uh, against St. Francis of Illinois, Northwestern won that 11-4. to Again, I know it's the fall, but David Dunn, really impressive, two for four in that game uh, with a single and a double. Also, showed really nice flashes of situational hitting at a sacrifice fly. So I look for David Dunn, and I look for Leo Kaplan, at least the two in my mind I feel like can make an immediate impact for this team. I don't know if you agree, Henry. I mean, I basically do. I agree. Kaplan is a guy that came in in some situations. Like you said, he didn't. He got 22 starts, so he had significant playing time. He appeared in, like you said, 37 games. He's only a sophomore. Uh, he came from Harvard Westlake, which in Southern California, I mean, Southern California, Texas, Florida, I mean, those are breeding grounds for the best baseball talent 
in the country just by virtue of being able to play year-round. Harvard West like a heck of a program there. So he came in and made an immediate impact as a freshman. He also had a lot of very timely hits. And like you said, a big spark plug on the bases, along with someone like Ben Dickey. Dickey stole 10 bases last year. Kaplan stole, I don't know off the top of my head, let me get the, okay, while those stats load, six. Six stolen bases in 37 appearances. But with, when you lose someone like Hoshai, who provided so much power just kind of out of one spot, um, it's going to be it's going to come down to manufacturing runs. Northwestern on paper last year really wasn't. I mean, they were the seventh seed in the tournament. They knocked off Michigan um, and Minnesota both in comeback fashion in the first two rounds of the Big Ten tournament. That Michigan team was one heck of a team. Um, they got to the best closer in the Big Ten. They, an unbelievable finish that I remember sitting in my car on uh, on Milburn Street. Uh, I was looking for parking, watching, listening to Sam Brief call that game. I, I'd never been happier to see the Maize and Blue lose in my entire life. Um, but it's going to come down to manufacturing runs. they got to play a little more small ball now, and I think it's going to come down to the scrappy, like you said, sort of, um, yes, it's, it's, it's not get them on, get them in. It's get them on, get them over, get them in. Get them on, be aggressive on the base pads, um, and use speed and manufacturing runs you know, to your advantage. Yeah, a little more on the, uh, um, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> I was just going to oh, add a little more. On, go ahead, there. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to add a little more on Leo Kaplan because, again, a guy that we talked about with power. Also hit four home runs this year. And for a team last year in Northwestern uh, that only hit 28 home runs, Leo Kaplan able to show that power as not an everyday player. And then kind of the Henry's point talking about a scrappy offense, an offense that has to manufacture runs through positive plate appearances. That's exactly, in my opinion, what this identity of this team is going to be this year. So Kaplan, with that power, you have to think is going to deserve a legitimate chance to be an anchor in this outfield. Yeah, adding on to that, Darren, I think that Leo Kaplan, has, as you guys have very well put, has a lot of pop in his bat. The thing for him is he saw a lot of time as a designated hitter last year. Um, mm-hmm. And one thing that you mentioned, Henry, and maybe you can attest to this as well, having you know seen him a bit, is his thing that he has to work on is his fielding. Uh, that's the thing that's going to make or break his time in the outfield because uh, I mean he could certainly be a DH spot. He's a he's a really great hitter, but they would love to rely on him and put him in left field. And I think if he can prove that he can be a reliable, consistent you know, mistake-free fielder, that spot could very well be his for all the season. Uh, he, he, he's going to be a, a really big bat. And you talk about kind of just looking at the construction of the lineup, you guys obviously also nailed that. No one player can uh, return, uh, can make up what Joe Hoshai did last year. You know, it's not that there's been a lot of media in the offseason, but having talked to Spence maybe once, maybe I think back in November when the schedule came out, uh, we talked to Alex Arrow on the Sports Voice, uh, shout out to those guys over there, Zach and Henry. Uh, he said that they felt that they they got a lot more athletic and that they're going to have more options to, to kind of beat teams. And I think he meant he alluded to that they were going to be a lot better on the base pass, a lot faster of a team, which I think, as you guys have also hinted, that's that's going to be their advantage because the power you lose, Matt Hoffer and Joe Hoshe, certainly is going to go down. There's no way around it. So I do think that that's going to be really interesting how, how the rest of the lineup responds. And, you know, let's talk about Ben Dickey a little bit. This is a guy who's probably going to be a, a seven, eight, nine hitter, but he can do a lot of things. And defensively, you know, I think he's going to be key for the Wildcats. Yeah, he's a stud. I mean, he runs all over the outfield and all over the base paths, I think. You know, because to your point, kind of going back to kind of using the Leo Kaplan situation you alluded to to credit what Ben Dickey 
um, is able to do as a two-way player. Um, if Kaplan can improve his fielding, you don't have to stick, you know, half a player in left field because, you know, you need to put him in the lineup, and then half a player at DH um, because you need an extra pop in your bat. If Kaplan can improve as a two-way player, that just gives you more depth. Like you said, done, batting in the leadoff spot. You put him in as a designated hitter or something, just someone younger that is just a raw uh, just a productive bat who maybe hasn't figured out the fielding yet. Okay, but you don't have to split that kind of a uh, that onus with Kaplan. Um, but even like you said, Amit, um, I wanted to kind of go back to what you're saying. It was the article I think that, that you actually wrote that I was looking at. I was doing some homework here for the podcast. Uh, you wrote for NUSports.com, and Spencer Allen said the same thing. It's, it's about finding different ways to win, and we have the guys here that can do that. Allen said we don't need someone to be the next Joe Hoshite. We need to just stay true to our process, find our identity, and play winning Wildcat baseball. And I think that's that's what it's going to be about. But to go back to um, to Ben Dickey, he is not someone who has pop in his bat. He had two, he has four extra base hits in over 100 games in his uh, Northwestern career. But the guy's a stud in the outfield, improved markedly his fielding percentage um, from year one to year two. Um, hits 237, but he can manufacture runs and he can produce productive at-bats. And like I guess that was kind of how they muscled their way through the tournament and put uh, Northwestern baseball on the track to being back on the map. And I think Dickey's going to be a big part of that. Yeah, Henry, couldn't uh, couldn't agree more with you about that. How about the way Ben Dickey was defensively last year? He made just one error. That's yeah. incredible. Had 104 putouts, a 990 fielding percentage. What I love about Dickey as well, he's kind of your energy guy. Ten stolen bases last year. That was the second most on the team. A speedy outfielder, very athletic. But I look for Ben Dickey this year as more in addition to his incredible playing ability, but how about leadership? This is a guy that's played in 99 games over the past two seasons. He's made 75 starts. We talked about this Northwestern team, at least in its position players, starting to have a little bit more of a younger feel. And to have a guy like Ben Dickey who brings that kind of experience, who brings the experience of playing well in big games. Remember last year he won two for three against Maryland in the Big Ten tournament semifinal. Those are the types of players that you need to help anchor a young team. Ben Dickey is certainly a, uh, is a player that I'm very excited about. Yeah, I think for him, the key, as you guys said, is really hold down that defense, You know, maybe get that batting average around 240, 250. That would be incredible. But either way, the defense is most important. And certainly, you know uh, Ben Dickey and uh, Jack Dunn are very good friends, kind of the soul of that team at least from an outward perspective. I mean, we're not in the, in the clubhouse every day. But he, he's going to be really important to them. You look at the rest of this outfield, they do have another returning player in Kyle Burnett Jr. didn't play a lot last year. It's going to be really interesting to see, you know, what he gets in his opportunities because, as we said, there are certainly, there's playing time to be had. He is a, he's a big dude. That's what I can say about him. Uh, he, he was okay last year. I mean, it was a really small sample size. But I've watched some of his BPs, and just you see him in person he is monstrous. He, he could really put some power on the ball. And they also have Casey O'Loughlin, who a first year coming in is, is another interesting piece for this team. So it's not all just going to be, you know, what maybe it could just be Kaplan and Dickey and uh, Nick down a bit too. I think those guys certainly are going to have their, their chances this year. Yeah, and O'Loughlin, I think, I mean, I, don't, I confess I don't know a ton about him, but just looking at the little, uh, the brief high school synopsis kind of have on him, he's a good size dude, 6'2", 205. What this kind of the stat line right here tells me, he, he hit 405 his senior year with 33 RBIs, only two home runs. Um, a lot of these guys that you know are playing Division One baseball, um, 
they manufacture runs in some way. When you hit 405 with 33 RBIs like that, that just tells me that he's a guy who knows, uh, I know, again, I haven't seen him play, but my, my optimistic hunch based on just that piece of information alone <clears throat> is that he's a guy who is a smart hitter. He's not trying, he's having unselfish at-bats. He's pushing the ball the other way when he needs to. He's manufacturing runs any way he can and not trying to be an odd guy. And this is, this is a guy who, you know, was the man on, a, on his high school team at Fenwick High School in, in, uh, in Glen Ellen, Illinois. He was the man, and he didn't try to be an eye guy, and that's going to be so important into kind of falling in line and buying in to the system at Northwestern, especially as a young player, even when the, the core is going to be so young. Yeah, Henry, and to your point as well, you look at a guy like Kyle Burnett Jr., and I know you talked about him a bit as well, a guy who has a ton of size. He lettered in baseball and football at Highland Park High School. He's a multi-sport athlete. I love seeing multi-sport athletes playing baseball because you know they're athletic. You know they know how to work as a team. That's always something that I like to see in a team uh, with extra athleticism like this Northwestern team definitely has. Another thing I think an under-the-radar fact about this team, at least let's list it on the roster. There's five outfielders listed on this roster. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, if you're a first year, if you're David Dunn or Casey O'Loughlin, you've got a great chance to contribute right away. If you're an outfielder, if you're one of those five outfielders in practice when it's cold outside, you have a legitimate chance to contribute from day one. It's a long season. They know that. We know that. And that's the type of fact that keeps you locked in at practice, keeps you locked in in the weight room. You have a lot of players competing for three spots and roles become extremely defined. Gets a little wishy-washy, but with five outfielders competing for three spots and tons of games, it's almost an all-hands-on-deck situation, especially when you're in non-conference play, trying to figure out your best lineup. Yeah, guys, I think the other thing about David Dunn is he played a lot of shortstop in high school, kind of like his brother Jack, who when we talk about the infielders, we'll probably hold down that spot again. I think he's played – he started every game but one there in his Northwestern career. Um, so David Dunn clearly could play both. We don't know. I think Spence has said he wants to use him uh, as an outfielder because the infield, unlike the outfield, might be a little crowded with their returning talent. The other thing I, I looked a quick up little blurb on Casey O'Loughlin is that his, his coach in high school said he was one of the three strongest outfield arms he ever coached. Uh, his his senior year, though, he had some inflammation, so he DH'd that entire year. But that could also be something we, you know, thinking about the throwing arms of these guys. Leo Kaplan, his, his throwing arm is certainly uh, rather untested. Ben Dickey, I think, is a, is a pretty solid one. Um, and in the right field, we, we have no idea. You know, that could also help a lost one as well if he, if he can do that really well. I think the thing for the, the first years, as you said, Darren, trying to get into that uh, lineup is that their fielding is going to really help them. As you said, you know, weight room, practice, all of that. But it kind of gets a sense to me, at least the way, you know, Spence has handled the last two years, is that you got to prove you can field first before you can get out there in a game. No, I, mean, I think it's going to, it's going to be, um, I, I think, I think Spence is pretty, uh, he runs a meritocracy, like you said, but he runs a smart one. It's not, you know, it's not necessarily it, – it, it's, it's who gets results. And I think Spencer is intensely pragmatic about that because at this level you can't be a team that gives away runs, gives away base hits. You know, um, like Kaplan, you know, he only had um, 
he actually didn't have technically any errors in his 2017 season, but it, it, it's about the stuff that doesn't come up, right? If you let a ball drop in front of you that you maybe could have laid out for, or just made, it, it, it's stuff like that that doesn't show up in the stat line. I saw Kaplan made, make a couple, just kind of, you know, he, he hasn't, he doesn't have that confidence in himself yet, I don't think. He technically has a 1,000 fielding percentage, but we know that's not his strong suit. Um, so it, it's stuff that doesn't show up in the stat line. It's stuff that is going to have to be worked out during practice, and it's stuff that we're not really going to see as, you know, as, as the talking heads. Yeah, and, and another thing as well, when you lose offensive firepower like Joe Hoshite and Matt Hoffman give you, it's pretty obvious, but it puts a lot of extra pressure on your defense. And for these first years, and maybe you talked about them as well as David Dunn and Casey O'Loughlin, the way I look at this is just trying to simplify the game. And it's a big jump going from high school baseball to college baseball. You see pitchers who have control of three pitches instead of two. And those pitchers generally have more velocity and more break. Uh, but it's just about simplifying the game, not trying to do too much. Henry, you talked about that as well, and that's, that's a fantastic point. And that's where the mental side of the game comes in. And for this Northwestern team, I mean, this is not an easy schedule at all. I mean, you take a look at the first three series here on the slate uh, for the Wildcats this season, Kansas and Texas, two talented teams within the first uh, couple weeks of the season. That's something to kind of take a look at, and I think that's going to really prove to be a good test for this Northwestern team early on, not just finding out the identity, but finding out even the role guys. We talked about it five total outfielders at least listed on this roster, what that's going to mean with a long season, defensive replacements, pinch runners, pinch hitters, something to come into the ballgame to get a sacrifice, bump down. It's the little things like that that this non-conference schedule can help you find if you're Spencer Allen. Yeah, especially as a team like Northwestern, you really don't have a lot to lose. You're the team on the rise, right? That, I couldn't agree with you more. That's when you figure stuff like that out. Um, because it's a long season. You need you need depth straight up. You can't have the same nine guys go out there and do it day in and day out because I, I don't care how good you are. Um, that's just that's just not the way it's going to work. You need um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking at? I, I can't think of it, but, but like niche guys. You need your, your lefty specialist, if you will, right? And I mean, I'm just talking mainly about outfielders that doesn't really apply. Um, but like you said, the guy's going to get the – the, the sack bunt down, the guy who's your designated pop guy. The, you know, you need a, a designated pinch hitter, if you will. Someone to come off the bench, fresh legs, who even are just the guys that are just really stinking fast and are going to play the game at 1,000 miles an hour because they've got something to prove. Stick them at second base when, you know, when the game's on the line. Two outs, bottom of the ninth, you need a run in, right? Stick them at second because you know they're going to give you everything you've got. And I think that's also another exciting part of a young team is you're going to have guys playing with a lot of energy and really nothing to fear or lose. And that in and of itself, when channeled by a guy like Spencer Allen, I think is going to make for a really, really exciting next couple of years. And it's the teams that are the deepest that we saw in the Big Ten tournament. A huge reason, in my opinion, why Northwestern was so successful last year is how deep of a team this was. And that's something that I feel like they're going to have to rely on this year as well, is finding that depth, regardless of how old each player is in terms of their experience. You have to find a way to create depth. That's what it is in baseball. Depth on the mound, depth offensively and defensively. Those are the keys. But if it's Northwestern, can figure that out. And can figure that out rather early on, it's going to really benefit them along the way. This is a really interesting position group. I think at least for me, because there's 
just a little, a few more unknowns compared to some of the other position groups. But, um, you know, let's kind of end wrap this up here. This is, it's been really good, almost 20 minutes so far. Let's end up with, you know, what are your general projections for this group? How are they going to pan out? You know, is it is it going to be – are they going to get up to expectations? Are they going to exceed them? What are the expectations for the group this year? I think the expectations are going to have to be uh, tempered at least a little bit. But I think with a group like this, like I said – um, there's obviously a lot of, a lot of raw talent here. Um, but I think, I don't know, uh, I think, I think defensively you're going to see a solid group. They're going to be a well-coached group and led by, led by Dickey. This is a group that's going to give you, if nothing else, everything out on the field. And that whether by, you know, whether initially or sort of by necessity as they get into the thick of things, um, are going to have to learn to be a good defensively oriented team. It's about doing the little things right and wins, wins will come. Right, wins will come if you take care of the ball. Don't throw it around. Unselfish, productive at bats, um, and that's what I think they really have an opportunity to do here. And I think if um, if that happens, the wins are going to come, and the, the whole team projections, like you said, uh, a goal would be to get over 500 this year, which is weird that they didn't finish over 500, but had such a magical season. Um, I think that shows you just where the ceiling of this team is. It was more the team rather than these four guys, but. Um, even just a life that, you know, like you said, like Ben Dickey brings, you know, that's the kind of stuff you don't really see, um, you know, just looking at rosters and stat lines. Danny, that's a great point. Simplifying the game. Not trying to be too much, trying to be yourself. I mean, that, that's kind of the cliche answer, but that, that's really what it is. And that's what Northwestern needs to figure out in these first few weeks, especially non-conference play. What's the identity of this team? And then when you kind of talk about expectations and what we expect to see, well, on October 22nd, we saw the final exhibition game of the season for Northwestern. What that outfield looks like from left to right, Leo Kaplan, left field, David Dunn in center, and Ben Dickey was in right field. Each player had at least one hit in that game. David Dunn was two for four, Leo Kaplan was one for four, and Ben Dickey was two for four. Why I'm bringing this up again, I know it's one exhibition game, and I know exhibition games are about developing talent but it's about finding a core group as well that works together. And Kaplan, Dunn, and Dickey proved that in limited opportunities in the fall, which I think you have to like to see if you spend your hour. And that is an outfield that can definitely give you production, kind of more of a scrappier type of production in terms of maybe not necessarily hitting for power, but for average, for getting on base, or for being effective defensively. But the fact of the matter is is that every single person in this outfield is going to have a chance to start. That's just the way it is with five outfielders lying for three starting positions, which I think goes really well for the team. Keeps them locked in throughout the long season. So my goal for this team, at least in these first three series, with Northwestern uh, taking on out first in Glendale, Arizona, taking on uh, Nebraska, Omaha, then Kansas, and then Texas, finding an identity as an offense. Is it going to be a power-based offense or an offense based off of grappiness and tenacity on a base pass? That's what I want to find out. I'm going to take this goal-oriented question pretty much every two weeks, maybe setting a new goal. We'll see what Northwestern can do. It's going to be an exciting season. Uh, I think that's certainly a good way to approach it, kind of chunk it up, uh, to see, you know, where they are at every checkpoint through the season. Thanks a lot, guys, for coming on here on the phone. It's uh, an exciting time of year. I know we're all excited. It's less than a month away. 
Drew Henry Gamore and Darren Baswell from Chicago as well. I'm Nick Malik, and we'll be back in another week.